0: together for the past month. And uh, we've been in this series called Decide. This is our fourth and final week of Decide. We've been making some decisions together. And we said that uh, the directions of tomorrow will be directly affected by the decisions that we make today. And I'm going to ask uh, Carson if she can find it for me while I'm sharing some things with you. Our text, which is in Romans chapter 14, and I believe it's verses 12 and 11 and 12 or 12 or 13. But uh, as we've been making these decisions together, uh, we've endeavored to do that to help kind of give you the foundation of how to make decisions in God or Christian decisions, life decisions, living. You know, I, I always tell Pastor Tiffany and, and our team many times, you know, I, I believe so much in you. I'm probably the one that gives you the more benefit of the doubt than anybody in this church because I just believe in you. I just believe that you've got God in you and that you're out there not intentionally trying to live Uh, you know, compromising to Christian lifestyle, I believe that you're out there just just doing the best you can in a sense. Well, I want to help you do the best you can with, with some of those choices that you're faced with in a world that's compromising constantly and some standards that are challenging us and maybe we've even succumbed to some of those standards and challenges that have come our way. Our text has simply been here in Romans in this series and it reads this way. I'm actually in a New King James Version today. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another. Come on now. I said, therefore, let us not judge one another (laughs) Uh, anymore. That means don't quit. That means stop. Don't do it again. But rather, resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in your brother's way. Now, that's kind of been our foundation. That's kind of how that's uh, kind of pushed us on this road to making decisions. The first decision we made is we're going to start looking ahead. We're not looking back anymore. Second decision we made is we are looking through a different set of lenses now. We are looking through the lens of righteousness. And in the covenant, the new covenant that we live in, that I'm born again. I'm spirit filled, bought by the blood. Come on now, you can't knock me off of this pedestal because I know who I am in God. I'm looking through a different set of lenses. And we came in and we answered this question and we began to talk about how do I live in this world that can be challenging and is compromising. we simply answered it with two statements. If I'm answering to God and it's my responsibility of people, I said simply this, stand strong and love well. Pretty simple. Stand strong in the truth and love well in grace. Here's what that means. The truth is my final authority. The scriptures, the Bible. Endeavor yourself to get in there and look at it and read it and find some things in it. If you ever want to know where to read, let me just help you. Go to Proverbs, Psalms, forget the Old Testament for a little while. I'm not saying it's not necessary. I'm just saying that sometimes for you and to live your life, you need to become more probably schooled in the covenant that you live in, and that's the New Testament. That's the Gospels. That's the book of Acts, and that's the epistles. And Man, there's so many things you can find out in there that just helps you live. So stand strong and love well. Love well in the, in grace, meaning this: the grace of God that empowers us to live this life, but offer that same grace to somebody else, just as much as you've been. He's been patient with you. Come on, quit judging. Be patient with people. Everybody's working out their own salva- salvation. Everybody's following their own convictions, and uh, quit condemning people and just live well. All right. And then we came into the last decision that we've made together so far, and that is we're going to honor. We're not going to live a life of dishonor. We're going to honor three areas in our life. This is a decision that we made last week, and we're going to honor three areas in our life. You do this, your decisions that you make today will definitely affect your tomorrow. You honor God first, number one. You honor your family second, and then you honor your church, not these four walls. The church is the body of Christ. Come on. Now, those are the decisions we've made so far, and we've got one final decision to make. And hopefully by the end of the day, I can help some of you if you've never made this decision, that you will make it together with me. But I want to tell you, <laughs> I, I'm just bubbling about the next place where we're going as a church. You do not want to miss, not, miss the next five weeks of church. I know that's a lot for some of you. Because <laughs> you've got a lot going on. You've got life. I get it. But you're halfway through the year. Next week's going to be an amazing celebration. We're going to celebrate our freedom. It'll be a July 4th service like you've never seen, never had. We're going to, it's going to be an amazing time together. But after that, we're starting a series uh, on called Mountains. And God, you, and me, we're going to move some mountains out of the way. Here's what I mean by that. I know halfway through the year when we set out to make a difference together, We set out to know God more. We set out to get more freedom in our life. We set out to discover our purpose more. We set out to make a difference. I know that the enemy, and maybe even yourself has caused some of it too, there's been some mountains built up in front of you. Because how do I know that? Because the enemy does not want you to see what's on the other side. He does not want you to enter into the promised land that's expected for you as a believer. And I believe that to get on the other side, it takes decisions. And we have to decide to do some things differently. Next steps are what's important to you. And if you want to have a life of destiny, a life of change, you've got to learn how to take some next steps. Maybe today will be the next step you'll take. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you so much. We honor you. We welcome you in the house of God. Uh, It's your house. What am I welcoming you in here for? It's already your house. We're just honored to have your presence. We're honored to have your anointing, your presence, your power, and your goodness (laughs) <laughs> that can get into our lives and help us work all those things out that life means as we make our final maybe decision today just for this month we've been together we're grateful to know that we got purpose in Christ and everybody say it. amen find one more person tell them you're glad to see them and then we'll jump right into this this morning <clears throat> Thank you so much. Hey, um, I I am noticing the time, so uh, I'm going to move right along pretty quickly for you. And my job, my role, my goal today is simply to help you get a better foundation or understanding of the ordinance of baptism. Water baptism. Three different baptisms mentioned in Scripture. Salvation baptism, there's the water baptism, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Maybe we'll teach on all three sometime, but today we're focused on the one. And that is the water baptism that is really an ordinance of Jesus Christ that he commanded for all of us to follow, and it pleases the Father when we do. It is not what saves you. You're not born again or saved by doing water baptism. And by the end of the day, you'll have a better understanding of that as well. I promise you, if you choose or decide to be water baptized today, I can't wait to be a part of your life, part of that experience with you. I had the privilege yesterday to, uh, I had a little bit of free time to finish doing some work on uh, my boat, and... Um, uh, the gentleman was, th- came alongside Frank and I think, and it was Pat that came alongside to help me and I just had a kind of a uh, I think it's called a deja vu I had a, a, a reflecting back moment is that a deja vu? probably not but I was reflecting back with, with him yesterday and I, I didn't even catch on to it until actually last night I'm spending the day with them in the morning they're helping me with my boat and it was a year ago this moment that he got water baptized and his life changed forever what didn't happen was he didn't get perfect at that, that moment. This Is he really? Come on now. <laughs> A lot of shame. Maybe if you get baptized today, you'll be teaching NJV next week. No, probably not. But listen to me. When it comes to baptism, it's not about your perfection. If anything, you're acknowledging that you are imperfect and you need the perfect one to come alongside you and help you in life. But I want to start off here by just kind of making some statements and walking you through some scriptures and kind of give you that foundation of, of what, it's, what it really means and what really happens. I'll never forget the day that I got, well, I think I got water baptized probably 10 times, but the one day that it really meant something was the day that it was real. <laughs> when I under, if you grew up in church like I did, you just, you just did traditional religion things. And, and really that's kind of what's made this subject misunderstood is religion and, and traditions of men. And the scriptures, are so, the Bible is so clear about what it means and what it's about and why and the how and, and its purpose. Just let me make a couple statements to you. I think I said this a few minutes ago. People who want to change have to take next steps. And I said at the root of any change is that the most is at any change at the root of it is always a decision. Look at somebody I might need to make a decision today. Why not do it today? Examples. You know what? Here, let me just share this with you. You know, you would all, I'm sure, agree that decisions, if I needed to make decisions personally, I'm going to have to move forward. If I'm going to make decisions spiritually, if I want fulfillment at all, I'm going to have to decide. I'm going to have to go that direction. God's never going to make you do anything contrary to popular belief. He's just not. It's not who he is. He's a good dad. He's a good father. He's not forcing you to do anything. I'm going to have to maybe make a decision. If I want some mental peace, I might have to make a decision to get some rest. Hmm? You have to decide to do that. How about this one? Nobody wants to hear about this one. If you want change physically, maybe you have to make a decision to do some things differently and with your health. And if you want to live long, I guarantee you, you'll have to decide to make some of those changes or you won't live long. It just won't. It's no, I mean, natural cause won't let you live long. But you can make a supernatural decision today that can determine the destiny that you're planning to live. And when I think of that, I have found this scripture I thought was very powerful. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, the New Living Translation. It says that God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. Man, I know he heard me at the right time. I know where I was, and I know where I'm not. He heard me at the right time. One, on the day of salvation, I helped you. On the day that I needed him, he was there. Indeed, the right time is now. Everybody say now. now. Today is the day of salvation. And I love that word salvation because it simply means today is a day of life or rescue, of rescue, or safety, both physically and morally. Today being Baptism Sunday, here's the question. Why not get baptized today? I promise you, I am not going to. If you come out there and you're a part of it, maybe it's fear that would keep you from doing it. Some of the natural things. Maybe you're afraid of the water. I get it. Sprinkling's not going to do it, though. When you understand the definition of water baptism... If you're afraid of the water, guess what? I'm going to be there. I'm lifeguard approved. I'm certified in everything you can think of. I will not let you drown. I will not let you die. And Carlos and Sarah will be right there with you. In case I fail you, Carlos will back me up. (laughs) And in case two men fail you, there will be a woman for sure that will help you out. (laughs) Okay? So maybe that's just the reason. Don't we'll help you. We'll walk you through. I'm not going to hold you down. For what somebody was joking with me last week about that. Listen, it's four seconds, man. It's down. You're up, and it's over with. So that's just some of the natural holdups. But I want you to see something, guys. One of the first references to baptism we can see here in Mark. The gospels all kind of reference it, but listen to what Mark says. Mark chapter one verses four through five. John did baptize in the wilderness. And preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem. And were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan. Confessing their sins. Verse 9 through 11. And it came to pass in those same days. That Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee. Galilee, And was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water. He saw the heavens opened. And the spirit like a dove descending upon him. There came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to me. I've got a couple quotes I want you to hear. Baptism in those days was understood to be a rite of initiation into something new. Your life was old, but now it's new. It was also a sign of adherence to the teachings of a prospective teacher. Christian baptism is a dedication to follow Jesus and to be His disciple. Water baptism, like I said, won't save you. When I choose to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, I'm admitting that, you know what? In the life that I had before, now I have purpose with him, I have direction with him, and he's not holding me to a a scale of perfection. He's actually helping me see that I am imperfect, and when I welcome him into my life, I'm born again, I'm saved. And now when I go through this ordinance, just simply adhering to these same principles that Jesus himself followed, and it pleased the Father as well. He's saying, look, you're making a public profession, a public confession that, you know what? You need me. Look at somebody and say, you need him? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, Amplified, reads this way. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you're saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith, And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it's a gift of God. Not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. It's not of the result of what anyone can possibly do. So no one can pride himself or take glory to himself because it's unmerited favor. At some point, you made a decision to become a disciple and accept what he did for you. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the world. Again, let me ask you, why not do it today? The word baptize and all of those verses that we just read come from the Greek word baptizo. And it means simply fully immersion in water. And Jesus is saying, Look, this is pleasing to the Father. This is something that I did. This is something that there's, I'm commanding you to go into all the world and do this. Why wouldn't you want to do it today? If that's not enough reason, when I look at that, sometimes people get to that place, they're, they're kind of consumed in their head and trying to figure out, man, you just don't under, understand, Pastor. I know who I am right now. Yeah, I do too. You're born again. If you've got Jesus in your life. No, I I get that, Pastor, but you just don't know. Tomorrow, the struggle that I had last night is the same struggle I have right now. I know, I get that. And baptism is not you saying that I'm going to be in the realm of perfection. Baptism is making that public declaration that I need people around me yeah, I'm going to stand firm. Yeah, I'm going to love well. Yeah, I'm going to choose to honor. Yeah, I'm going to look through a different set of eyes. Yeah, not only that, I'm going to start looking forward. That's what my baptism is saying, that's what I've decided, and when I do that today, that's my final choice. You know what? I want to see. And I just want some people to be a part of it with me. I like this scripture here in First Peter. Listen to what it says. First Peter chapter three, verse 21 you like this. In baptism, which is a figure of their deliverance, does now also save you. Here's what it saves you from. From an inward questioning and fears. Not by the reason. Listen, not by the re- You like it when I keep saying, listen, 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 listen. I just want you to hear it. I know what fills your head when you're out there. I, I know. How many came to church today with kids? And you had to check them in right now. How many got more than two? I know that life and responsibility can get you questioning what the things, very things that God's done for you. And your water baptism takes you to a place where some of those questions of even your eternity are removed, and because you're secure and you have this relationship with God, listen to what it says. From an inward questioning and fears, not by removing the outward body filth ba- bathing but by providing you with the answer of a good and clear conscience, inward cleanness and peace before God because you are demonstrating what you believe to be yours through the resurrection of the Jesus Christ, the act of water baptism. In other words, we're standing out there in the water together today. I'm standing up. Here I am. I got my arms up. I'm probably going to have you like this. And if you don't want water up your nose, hold your nose. But here we are. What are we doing? We're saying right now that, you know what, I'm crucified with Christ. And the moment I go into the water, baptism, fully immersion, I'm saying that now I'm, that old man is buried in that. And the moment I come up, I'm resurrected and resurrected into this new life, this life of serving God. And when you begin to put all of that in perspective, listen to this. Acts chapter 8, verse 27 through 38. When I look at what pattern, the patterns that were followed throughout the Scriptures, what, how did I know that there was something, that there were other people other than Jesus following this same pattern of ordinance, of baptism? Well, when I read the book of Acts, every time someone gave their heart to Christ, or a born-again experience took place, or salvation took place, this followed it. Look at Acts 28. It says here in uh, excuse me, Acts 8, verses 27 through 38. Here's what you have. Phil, Philip he approaches this eunuch and the, he presents salvation to the eunuch. The eunuch sitting up on this carriage, and all of a sudden the eunuch goes, "Yeah, I want this. I want this salvation. I want it." And he says, "Get down here and get in the water and let's get baptized." I wonder what he got baptized in—some puddle or something. But he says, come on, get down. Let's go ahead and not wait. Let's go ahead and don't wait until you get out there and start to figure out and try to uh, maybe doubt what's happening. Come on, let's go ahead and get off that carriage and let's get born again. And let's get baptized. How about Paul and Silas when they were in jail? And you saw the jailkeeper and all of the people and his whole family, they gave their heart to Christ. These guys were in jail, they're preaching the gospel to them. What do you see the formula followed then was the very same thing. They baptized all of their family at that moment. And the reason I want to point those two truths out because in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, a lot of scripture, listen to what it says. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan, unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him, and Jesus went, and he baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, I am well pleased. So the question is, who should be baptized? Anyone that's got a relationship with Jesus Christ. The question is, when you say, what is an age limit of baptism? Age of accountability. Anyone that's in a place where they have understanding and have knowledge of what they're doing. Why am I going to go baptize a baby? He doesn't have a clue, doesn't know what he's doing. Sometimes what we do is we reference baby dedication as an actual baptism into salvation. It's not. That's a dedication of the parents to raise that child up into the admonition of the Lord according to the scriptures. So, you know what, I'm going to train my child up to serve God. So that when that child comes to a place of accountability, he'll understand this true relationship with God and what's happening inside of him, and then we'll lead him into this place where maybe he'll publicly confess himself. So here's an example. I want to show you something. I'm going to invite Mark and Tracy to come up here to the platform this morning. That's just some kind of balance of the scriptural references to salvation. Pastor Tiffany and I are going to get these guys married today. We're going to get these guys, and we want to show you something that's happened. (laughs) (laughs) Count on Mark. (laughs) There's a part of our ceremony that means so much into the marriage itself. And I believe that after you see this, and after we walk them through this step of marriage ceremony, just maybe, just maybe, You'll understand the importance of what baptism is and how it can change your life forever. Ready, baby? By the way, they're already here. <laughs> the foundation for any covenant is love. Love is eternal because God is love and He's eternal. Therefore, a covenant is eternal, and so are its symbols. The ring is a never-ending circle teaching us of God's love and the love of a man and a woman. It's a symbol to you of God's endless love which will rule and reign in your marriage. You'll wear these rings on your hands. A symbol of your love for each other was not made to be worn on a part of the body that is covered. The hands are exposed during all seasons of the year throughout all of your lives. Remember this? About three weeks ago. Your love will be exposed to many changing seasons. Let these rings be a constant reminder that your love for each other will always endure through all the seasons of life. Mark, I know which one it is. It's the biggest one in my pocket. Take this ring, place it on Tracy's finger and repeat after me. With this ring, I give you my love. I pledge, I pledge you my faith and trust, and trust. for as long as, as long as we live. Receive it as a symbol as a of our endless union our endless and our unbroken love. Can I have Mark's ring, please? Tracy, you can take this. Go to Mark's left finger, repeat after me. I just want to say this real quick to you, you have a responsibility before God to be the head of this marriage. And let this ring be a reminder to you that you are to love and protect and provide for Tracy as Jesus does the church. Tracy, repeat this with me. With this ring, I give you my love. I pledge you my faith and trust for as long as we live. Receive it as a symbol of our endless union and of you may kiss the bride if you want. Now hold on before you go down. <clears throat> Baptism is the wedding band of your Christianity. The moment they put those rings on it became an outward sign of an inward covenant that they made. Baptism is an outward sign of an evident in, inward grace that's working in your life. I guarantee you They've only been married three weeks now. We got 25 working on 26 years. I guarantee you, because I know we did, the moment they got married, there were imperfections that they didn't know were there that showed up. Am I right? (laughs) 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 The world standard would want you to compromise your covenant. It would want you to take the ring off the world would not want you to look ahead (laughs) the world would want you to look through their eyes say hey I'm done with you you're not meeting the needs that I have the world would not want you to stand firm the world would not want you to love well (laughs) the world would for sure not want you to honor this covenant it would want you to dishonor it and the ring every time I look at it every time I take it off I think about how quick can I get it back on because it reminds me of what a covenant I made with my spouse. Give it up for Mark and Tracy this morning. Why not do it today? Decide to be water baptized. We're going to go ahead and get ready to receive communion. ushers. if you want to go ahead and do that.